Hey guys, welcome to our podcast, Two Girls, One Creepy Pod. We are very thankful that you're tuning in. Um, shout out to my best friend for uh, keeping up our Instagram um, and basically just keeping you guys um, abreast to what was going on. And, um, you know, for the release date, this is episode one, The Man Who Killed Halloween. Uh, basically a little bit about our podcast. We just want to put out there that we are not licensed professionals. We're not diagnosing anybody. Um, we are not detectives. We are just two people with a really weird um, love for weird things and creepy things and serial killers. So true. I'm so excited. So we're going to be talking about um, Ronald Clark O'Brien. And I'm going to let um, Jess get a little bit more into it. Jess is a researcher and I'm just a shit talker. So um, <laughs> I'm going to let her. I love it. It's like our friendship in real life. Literally. Literally. Okay. So, Ronald Clark O'Brien was born in October 19th, 1944, and he was a Libra, but I don't know a lot about Libras. I'm sure Jim does. I feel like that's something he would know. He was born in the month of Halloween. Isn't that weird? It's weird. And so, Libras are very, um, excuse me, emotional people. So, something's not adding up. I feel like when I read about Libras, it didn't really fit the person he was. But if he was like a sociopath, I feel like what you think he is isn't going to be who he actually is anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So he was married to, this is another weird name. Yes. Daneen. I'm about to call her Daneen. I don't, that, I don't have no idea. So <laughs> you super you sorry. I'll say, I'm just going to say Daneen. And they had two kids. So Timmy or Timothy and Elizabeth. And this is what gets me. He was a deacon in a local Second Baptist Church. Which Baptist I feel like is always the case. It's always, it's literally always the Baptist churches. I have nothing against Baptist churches. If you're listening, I'm not trying to offend, but it's like you said, it's always something in the church or something in the local government. Yeah. Like an authority figure. Yeah. And like, I don't know. So question, when you went trick-or-treating, did your parents check your candy? Um, I'm from a um, cultural black family um, who happens to be Haitian. So my mom was literally putting <laughs> out the candy on the dining table. And yes, okay. Yeah, she would just, just crush the candies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> See, my mom, we'd have to pour it out. And then if it was like in a certain wrapper, she'd have to check it. And it was weird. And I never got it. But I feel like the story might have something to do with it. So October 31st, they're in Pasadena, Texas. It's raining, weather sucks, and Ronald and his neighbor and all the kids go out trick-or-treating together, right? They go up to a house, and people don't answer the door, so the kids are like this, like, let's just go to the next house, right? And at some point in the night, um, the dad claims that someone gave him candy for all the kids, so he gives them all these pixie sticks. So Timothy, Elizabeth, and the two other children get these 21-inch pixie sticks, which... I never had a pixie stick and I didn't realize that they were so big. It's like two feet of candy. And we, and honestly, when we were researching for this, um, for our first episode, we were Googling and looking all over the place. And I feel like in a distant memory, I remember seeing those pixie sticks, but I have only seen it maybe once or twice. I have not seen it in real life. Uh, I mean, I think maybe, I don't know, maybe it was a picture before the research, but I don't ever recall actually seeing or eating one. Right. So, and here's my theory. So this man, well, you'll find out that like he had the pixie sticks. Like who, how do you hide four pixie sticks and walk around all night 
and then hand them out. And how did nobody notice that he had these pixie sticks up his sleeve or in his pants or whatever, that he just pulled them out and, oh, hey, look, here it is. Like, they didn't think it was weird that he stopped, like, stayed at this house as everyone else ran off. Right. I just, I wish I was there so, like, I knew exactly what happened. It just doesn't make sense to um, um, the fact that he was mm-hmm. able to, like you said, how did, how did he hide those? And you know how kids, okay, if you have nieces and nephews, kids are so nosy. It doesn't matter where you put something. They have the senses of like bloodhounds, of German shepherds. They can smell it. They know what it <laughs> is. They, you know, as a mom, if I even go to the store to pick up some candy and I eat it in the car, my son has already sniffed it that I have eaten something that I didn't give him. So it's weird to me how he walked around. And it's like, how did he, and he bought them before and must've been hiding them somewhere in the house. Like it just, it's, he was very, I feel like calculated. Like he knew what he was doing. He put in his research. Sociopath. Yeah. So at the end of the night, Ronald lets each kid pick one piece of candy. And I feel like my parents did the same thing. So nothing weird. Right. Yeah. And Timothy, being a typical kid, picked, like, the biggest piece of candy, which was this huge-ass pixie stick. And then, I don't know what his sister picked, but it wasn't the pixie stick. And the dad's like, okay, like, you could have the one piece before bed. So Timothy opens it up, has trouble getting the sugar out, so dad helps him. Timothy eats the pixie stick and, like, immediately starts vomiting, feels sick, convulsing. And it's just, oh, I... I can't imagine like being the mom and having no clue like what's happening, like where'd this come from? And the dad just he knows, but he acts like it's that's what oh no. That's what truly gets me is the concern that the um the dad is gonna have now. Oh my god, what's going on with little Timmy, you know, XYZ. How does one keep their like the acting? Like how does he keep it together while all this is going on? And how, how old was it's crazy? Um, how old was the little boy? Oh, I have it somewhere. I think he was eight, seven or eight. That's shitty. It wasn't like, like I think my niece and nephew, like my niece is eight. Yeah, my son's They're nine. They're so innocent, young. It's not they have no idea. Like if the kid was older, it wouldn't suck. But I mean, like eight, I mean, you know, like that's really like eight. It's like when Halloween is fun. Like you dress up, you get to go exactly. out with your friends, you get all this candy. It's like your favorite holiday at that age. So. Yeah. Ronald, the dad, says that this whole time he's holding his son and he just went limp and Timothy died on his way to the hospital. And, of course, this puts, like, a panic, like, in the neighborhood once news gets out, like, this kid died eating Halloween candy. And this is where I feel like he killed Halloween. All these kids' parents are throwing out the candy, looking through all of it, like, he really screwed it up. Yeah, And for me, too, because my mom did the same thing. She'd look through all the candy and just throw half of it away. And that's the thing is, like, you know, this happened in 74, and you and I are in our late 20s. Oh, wow, God. Don't say that. Um, (laughs) Don't put my information out there. (laughs) And, um, you know, look at how this continued to ring, you know, years and years later. So uh, when we say, you know, when the the episode, you know, the man who killed Halloween, he literally ruined Halloween. And Mm -hmm. not to say that there wasn't other instances and like other places where things like this did happen because um, it did. And there were other cases just like this. Um, But this is one of those, you know, a little bit more. I don't want to say it's popular, but it's not really you know, um, a common one that I've heard discussed on certain shows. Um, but you know, we do, it's really, really sad how this case 
like just the fact that he it was his own son. It wasn't like and it happened like, so much, which is mm-hmm. so scary. His own child. So some of these people attacked like other people, um, just like a random thing. Um, you know, just mm-hmm. giving candy to kids in the neighborhood, dispersing it amongst all the children. But mm-hmm. for your own child that you, you know, raised that you created, this is your son. Um, for you to do that, that is, I think that's what makes a little, a little and, okay. So, and this is like the crazy part, like why he did it. So this man was in debt, like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Yeah, so a few weeks before about. this happens, he takes out life insurance policies on both of the children. So like he had this planned out for like, like months he had to have like, ugh, it's crazy. Think, and, and it was a very common thing. Um, back then for that to happen. I mean, everybody was taking life insurance mm-hmm. policies out on husbands, wives, you know, if you look at it, a lot of elderly, um, a lot of people, not elderly, but a lot of like um, people back then were married like three or four times and benefited money off of their spouses. Um, so I mm-hmm. think at this point he was like, well, fuck it. Let me try to do it to my kid. Um, and I think so we need crazy. to talk about him a little bit more too. you know, give them a little bit of a background because he seemed like a, a normal person, you know, but according to, you know, mm-hmm. research, he had debts. I mean, back then it was popular for people to owe, you know, gambling debts. People were addicted to gambling, going to these tracks and things like that. And that was one of the major things that this man seemed to have been caught up in. And back then they wanted their money. And, you know, it was either he die or his son. Like I just. And I, I think he might've thought, okay, I'm still married. My son dies. We get the money, we get away with it. And you could always have another kid. Like that, like maybe that's what he was thinking. Like, yeah, and it's shitty that that's, you know, yeah. And I think you're definitely right. I think that to him it was like, okay, no big deal. Um, but it trues, I, I think it just really shows the kind of person that um, O'Brien was. Like you said, like, did he think that, like, oh, okay, I'm going to kill this kid and all right, you know, we'll be, we'll have all this money, I'll pay them back. And then, would the cycle continue? Because it's like any other addiction. Gambling addiction is just like being addicted to, you know, mm-hmm. porn or whatever. People get addicted to drugs and all that other shit. Um, he would have just kept going. Was he going to do kill Elizabeth next Halloween? You know what it's I mean? So cr- And what if she would have ate that candy? He would have had two life insurance policies. Exactly. So like, as I was reading about him, apparently he was like a hundred thousand dollars in debt, which back then compared to now is like, which is a lot. And he had, I guess, a bad rep of being unable to hold a job. So that's why he was a deacon. From what I read, he held 21 jobs. So he just seems like a shitty person. I don't know. That's what what it says. 21 jobs. Wow. And at the time of his arrest, he was suspected of theft at his current job. He was also a deacon, but he's also an optician. How do you say that? Optician? Optician? (laughs) Like the person that like doesn't do your eye exam, but like gives you the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he did. Yeah. And he was close to being fired from that job. So he just, Jesus, I don't know. His car was repossessed. He defaulted on bank loans. Like he just, his life was a mess. So he was really bad. And the crazy thing is we, I feel like if you kind of dig deep down, we all know someone that kind of fits these characteristics, um, mm-hmm. the job. And I mean, a lot of these 
um, it seems like a lot of these serial killers, a lot of these people, they, that's typically like the whole thing with them. Can't hold down a job. They steal from their employment, um, you know, and it's just the, like this crazy cycle that goes um, with with the type of people that they are. But 21 mm-hmm. freaking jobs, car repo. I don't know. I If that's true or not, I have no idea. But even having like being fired from multiple jobs, like just doesn't look good. It doesn't. And his wife, like, did she not and that's realize that they were in that much debt? That, and that's like, the thing I always try, yeah. I always kind of think about too. And I think we should have like um, an episode on, on the spouses because <laughs> do the spouses really, like, what world are they living in? Did she ever you know. give a statement? Did she ever say anything? Because, you know, this is the, I mean, I think for our generation, we're all nosy as hell. And mm-hmm. if, he, if my husband is getting fired from, job left and right and you know unless he didn't tell her that's true and back then it was it was very you know common for just the husband to take care of things and then the wife to not really be involved in stuff um so in so many cases like ted bundy the girlfriend had no idea when we talked about the human flea mm -hmm. his wife didn't know what he was doing which is absolutely insane to me because i feel like but see that's also insane because if it's happening in your home that's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. Like, do you not live there as well? Like, are you not, do you, are you not a resident of the home? Ugh, crazy, so, crazy. You, you know what I mean? So same thing goes for, um, for this is like, how in the world, um, is your husband getting fired from all these jobs left and right? And mm-hmm. you have no idea where the money is coming from. Like, are you cars getting repossessed? You know what I mean? Like this crazy cycle and mm-hmm. you have no idea. Um, that's just absolutely insanity. Yeah, man, I know. So the police obviously questioned O'Brien, asked him which house it was, and he pointed out a house. Okay, so the police are obviously going to go to this house, knock on the door, and be like, hey, you know, did this man come here with these kids and whatever? This man, Courtney Melvin, he was an air traffic controller. He didn't get home that night until 11 p.m., Halloween night. So obviously he wasn't home. Right. They confirmed at his work that he was there. And, oh, oh, I keep saying his last name wrong. I want to say O'Burke. It's O'Brien. He got arrested on November 5th. Now, I just, it blows my mind that, like, this guy's like, yeah, this house here. The man, And he even said the man had hairy arms. Like, <laughs> Are you serious? They go to the house. Yes, he had hairy arms. And he gets caught. Like, okay, your story's not adding up. Let's you know, right. Let's find out what's going on. And so questions that I have, where did this guy buy cyanide? How do you buy cyanide? And, you know, so I've seen episodes of Law & Order. Shout out to Law & Order, best show in the world. Um, I've seen episodes (laughs) of have ordered these things online. Now we know there was no online in 1974. Um, Yeah. Like the black market or hmm. black internet. What's the dark web? That one. Right. So, but there, they also had like stores, um, you know, back then where you could buy these types of things um, in the stores because they were used for like on farms and, you know, for um, cattle and things like that. I was reading about that they used them um, to burn. It's just, it's really graphic. But yeah, you could buy certain things like that, but you couldn't. Crazy. You couldn't really buy them like in bulk, like you could do um, online. So nowadays, so I'm really that's very confusing. And like, it must have been a lot more like effort to buy it then than it would have been now, right? And 
yeah, I mean, I have people tell me you can buy cocaine online. I'm like, what? Like, you, you what? know, where? Why? Yeah, on, the, on the dark web. I mean, I didn't know that. I mean, they just that is so crazy here, like it's stamps or something. Um, but yeah, so I think you know, it's a possibility that he could have gone to like a uh, industrial type of store where they sold things like that and he could have you know purchased it made up some lie because we all mm-hmm. know like con otters types of people who they are um so that's a possibility but it's really weird that he could have you know kept that a secret that he was pouring it into the pixie stick and doing all types of stuff oh, it's home. just so much work so the police were never able to figure out where he actually bought the cyanide um, but during his trial, there was a chemist who knew him. He did testify against him, saying that he contacted him, asking him about cyanide, where to purchase it, how much would kill somebody. And a chemical supply salesman testified that O'Brien asked how much, like how like to purchase it. Like certain, I'm trying to think, like certain things, you know, when you go to the store, you buy like NyQuil, they like check your ID. Yeah. Or certain chemicals you need like yeah. permits for or something. I don't know. So, which is weird. Like, who randomly asks about that? And I read a quote from one of the detectives, Lanier. Lanier. I don't. I. I can't pronounce anybody's name, but he says it was an overkill. There was enough poison to kill a herd of elephants. That's why the boy threw up so violently. And they said, didn't we read somewhere that like Timothy's mouth smelled like almonds? Yes, like it has sweet. Because cyanide smells mm-hmm. like almonds. It's so I just and and the crazy right. It was really overkill. I mean, he really didn't need that much to that much to kill his to kill his son. And um, the whole it just I don't know. It just circles back to the whole thing. Is like he could have if he would have gotten away with this and he would have gotten that money. He would I honestly think believe that he would have killed the daughter next Halloween. Of course. Yeah. If it didn't work, I mean, or make her eat the pixie. Well, no, I guess they took the pixie sticks away once they figured out that, that it was like, that's what killed them. Right. But I'm sure he would think of something else. He was obviously planning this and did his research. I mean, multiple friends and coworkers all testified that in the months leading up to Timothy's death, that he showed an unusual interest in like cyanide and like the poisoning and all that kind of stuff, which is just... You wouldn't, like, I feel like it's an innocent thing. Like, if someone, well, maybe not cyanide, but, like, if someone has, like, a new interest or hobby, like, my first thought isn't always, hmm, is he planning, like, murder or something? Or kill his son. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, so, um, <laughs> ironically, June 3rd is my brother's birthday, and that's when <laughs> he um, was uh, convicted. Um of you know mm-hmm. murder of capital murder and i think the crazy thing is 45 minutes out i know to, <laughs> to convict him of capital jerry's murder. like yep nope he's guilty send him away like yeah, they i mean crazy. literally everybody's sitting down hello my name is so-and-so yep he's guilty and you know that's it don't you wish that happened in more cases that like we know the person's guilty and then they just get away with it exactly um, we're not gonna say no names, Casey Anthony, but I was thinking um, the same thing. Oh my god! I mean, yes. can you, and it's like, like they said, they could, they it's don't not know, there. They don't know where he got the poison from, but they still convicted him of the murder. Did they not? It's like, so I just so crazy. So it's just you know it's one of those things, and it's like look at the time. It was 1974, and it's 2020, and it took them you know 
it took them 45 minutes to convict this man of murder, mm-hmm. um, you know, and four counts of attempted murder and all those charges, you know, they stopped. And, um, you know, it was only recently in 84, was he actually, um, executed. Yep. I mean, he's, he, got he fought so hard, like for that not to happen too. Like it kept getting overturned and postponed and this and that. And 10 years, 10 years he sat in prison and then they finally, finally did it. Right. Um, and I, you know, it's just, to me, it's mind blowing how basically, I mean, we're watching people get away with all types of crimes right now. Um, you know, and in 74, it took a jury 45 minutes to convict this man of murder and, um, you know, 10 years for him to sit in there to basically, I would say, think about what he, what he did, but he already knew what he was doing. So there was really nothing to think about. So I have his last statement. I'll read some of it, which it's just my personal fave. I love he, he feels he's not obviously doesn't feel guilt or remorse or anything. All right. So. I got this from the Texas Department of Criminal Justice website. Um, He says, what is about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. However, we as human beings do make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs, yet doesn't mean our whole system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I would forgive all who have taken part in any way in my death, which I'm rolling my eyes at because you plotted and planned to kill your kid and got away with it to an extent. And then like... You don't think you should be put to death. It's very strange. And then he goes on to say, um, I pray and ask for your forgiveness. Just, oh my God, I, I don't know how to read. Just as I forgive anyone who offended me in any way. And I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us, respectively, as human beings. To my loved ones, I extend my undying love. And then at the end of the statement, he goes, during my time here, I've been treated well by all TDC personnel. That means anything. I heard that people hated him in prison. In a few articles I read, like the prisoners, just he was not very liked at all. And, and I, yeah, I was going to say, I doubt that he was liked. I feel like these people live in this this narcissistic land of delusions. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, just look at the last statement. Like to all my family, I extend my love. Sir, sir, you literally took the time out of your day to put cyanide in a pixie stick, staple that bitch back up and give it to your son. Do it four times, like four different pixie sticks. Yes. Like he could have thought, okay, this is wrong. This is wrong. Nope. Nope. He had so many chances to like, just not go through with it. And nope, he did it. He sure did. Exactly. And (laughs) what I think, I mean, I guess it's kind of funny. So during the execution, like, you know how people gather outside and protest or whatever? Like, when Ted Bundy died, people were, like, cheering and stuff. Right. 300 demonstrators gathered outside the prison and cheered while someone or some yelled trick-or-treat. And then there were others who were, like, anti-death penalty. People were out there, like, protesting against his death. And apparently, the people that were for his death were throwing Halloween candy at the other people. <laughs> <laughs> and it's um, like... It's such a hard thing, like, to be for or against death penalty because there are people that obviously deserve it, but then there's so many people who are in prison for things they didn't do. And I think that's where I'm just like, yeah, and I agree. And I think, you know, definitely as we wrap up this episode, I think, you know, one of the things that I, um, I want to leave, you know, the listeners with is, um, you know, basically in the comments, like, tell us, like, are you guys for or against, you know, I think 
in every situation, you know, there's special circumstances. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like for this man, I feel like, you know, when you think about it, if you have kids, if you have, you know, little brothers or sisters, nephews, you know, nieces, you're a foster parent, whatever. If you're in any capacity in a child's life, just think mm-hmm. about that child not being there due to someone's intentional, um, you know, disdain or the neglect, you know, for this child's life. And this man, like I said, he took the time out of his day. He woke up from, you know, insurance money to, um, you know, kill his son. Crazy. And yeah. I think that in, in my opinion, you know, um, I don't want to be like one of those people that are like, well, our tax dollars, I could literally care less about that. Um, but I feel like he gets to sit in there and people say, well, you know, um, him doing his time is going to be, um, as I guess, you know, punishment. No, like there's no need for him to be here. You know, he doesn't need to think about anything. He like took- he plotted and planned this for, he had to for months, like took out the insurance policies, researched the cyanide, like bought the pixie right. sticks. He really put had this whole story stuff. about the house, gave it to other kids so that like, if more than one kid died, like one that wasn't his died, it, he it wouldn't look suspicious. Right. But he screwed up because no one else ate the candy. But exactly. still, like. No. It's one of those things where like. He knew it, what he was doing. Exactly. And it's just circumstantial um to everything. So. Um, I don't believe, I'm not going to say I'm believing it, but I'm not going to say that, um, you know, I don't believe it. I just think that everything is, every, there's a circumstance for everything. Like, look at Jeffrey, mm-hmm. Dinger, you know, all the crimes that he committed. He was killed in prison. Like, you know, he basically got what was coming to him because he hurt so many people. He took so many lives and everything was circumstantial and everything happened the way that it was supposed to happen. But like you said, for this man to do all this months of research and everything that he did, at any point in time, he could have been like, what I'm doing is wrong and I can go about this another way. But and up to his death, he felt no remorse either. Exactly. Like, he didn't care. I mean, he extended, Delusional. extended his love to his loved ones. I don't understand what that even means. But, you know. Um, what What's happening now is wrong. It's like what you did was wrong. Exactly. Like, absolutely. And I want to say that, like, in reading different articles and stuff that he never like actually admitted to doing it either. And I think but I don't think he ever said he didn't do it. Like he just never said yes or no to what right. happened. I could be yeah. wrong. So don't quote me on that. One thing too, that we didn't, um, I want to mention before we wrap up is, um, the wife divorced him. Shout out to her. Shout out to Diane, yes. Diane whatever your name is. They mean. Shout out to you. They mean me. um and uh she had a new husband that apparently adopted the daughter and i can't even i I can't even fathom like how she feels i want to know where is elizabeth now can we honestly and i feel like not even is she okay i would like to know what elizabeth is and if she's okay because it's really that's really tough and Mm -hmm. you know her little brother you know was taken from her or her big brother was taken from her and you know her mom I'm sure it was not an easy transition um and I Mm -hmm. sometimes I hope that she was young enough to not even remember that um you know O'Brien um and that he didn't try to contact her in any capacity um you know to give her peace and to you know just leave her alone because Again, narcissists—they will do anything that they can mm-hmm. um, for self uh, gratification, and it's a gratification. So um, one can only hope that she is alive and doing well, and you know, this moving past what happened. Yeah, and being able to—you know—I know she'll probably never look at Halloween the same. You know, I know our families don't. Nope, sure don't, man. Poor Timothy, that sucks. Like, what? I just—he was like the cutest little baby ever 
He was, and we'll we'll post a picture of him um, on our Instagram page, just so you guys can can see, um, you know what he's so he innocent. Yeah, so sweet. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna wrap up this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Um, again, this is episode one, the man who killed Halloween. Let us know how you guys feel about the death penalty. Um, follow us on our social media. Um, again, Jess does an amazing job at keeping that up. Um, shout out to um our graphics team and the audio engineering team. Um, and just make sure that you guys are um, you know, you guys do a great job at interacting with us, and we really love that. Um, So again, thank you guys for listening and make sure you check us out on the next episode. See you later. All right, guys. Take care.